0: Hello and welcome to the E Talk 21 Sports Show for October 31st. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind E Talk 21 Sports. We have an absolutely phenomenal show lined up for you today. My boy Johnny, aka at Tahoe Better. He is this week's special guest. Him and I are going to look back at week A. Share our week nine bets. And As always, Gino will have his horse racing bet of the day. But before we jump into all that, we need to say thank you to today's sponsor, Thrive. If you're not using Thrive, make sure to download the app and use promo code E T O F T 214. 100% deposit match. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click that link below to watch. Now, without further ado, let's see what Gino has a cooking for us over at the Breeders' Cup.
1: It's Breeders' Cup week, so let's look ahead because the entries are already out for the Breeders' Cup Friday and Saturday. I'm actually going to be joining Eric on Thursday for more of a deep dive into the Breeders' Cup, but I'll give you one horse that I like over the few days um, that I think will run really, really well. So we're going to look on the Saturday Breeders' Cup card. Remember, Friday and Saturday both are Breeders' Cup days. And if you need any help, past performances, uh, any help with betting selections, uh, get the drf.com. I've been lucky to be out on track most of the week, early in the mornings, uh, checking out a lot of the horses train and, and work out. And um, I'm gonna go to race number 10. We're gonna go to the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint on Saturday. And there's a, these turf sprint races generally have a ton of speed. And they are going really fast early. You know, Caravelle wants to be right up and close to the lead. Tony Ann is very fast. Live in the Dream might be the fastest of all of them in the field early on. But they're going to all be pressing each other along with No Balls. Along with uh, uh, one or two others, even from the outside, who have some more speed. So, I'm looking for a closer. And the horse who I've really been waiting for for this race is Motorious. I've been following along with him for a while. He's a deep closer. But he loves turf sprints. Five furlongs, five and a half, all the way up to six and a half. He came flying at five furlongs last time out late. And I just think he's going to get the incredible setup once again in here. The number 10, Motorious, in race number 10 on Saturday, the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint.
0: Make sure to give my boy Gino a follow at It's Me, Gino B. I'm going to be on his podcast, which comes out on Friday. We're going to look, go game by game for the NFL, and he's coming on my podcast, which comes out this Friday, and he's going to share his best bets. We're going to go on Bookmaker, do the head-to-head matchups. Anyone that knows me knows I love the head-to-head matchups on these big race days. Now, I am very excited to welcome a new friend to the show. Got to know this guy over the last 10, 14 days. Cool dude out from Oaktown, my boy Johnny, aka Tahoe Better. Let's welcome him to the show. Johnny, how you doing today, my man? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Go
2: Lions, right?
0: Big win off the last night wow. there. Big win, big win. You know, um, I don't know. It's this is kind of like an un how can I word this? I'm not familiar with having my team be successful.
2: Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially no, when you yeah. uh you kind of wake up and you see it steaming down to seven from original like eight and kind of like that whole vibe of the line, I guess you could say as well. Cause you know, it looked like, um, you know, the chargers easily covered. So it's like, okay, we got back to back prime time favorites are going to happen. Right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those superstitious things that, that kind of happen, especially in the NFL with the spreads.
0: Now we have a couple questions. Sports backs, CMU gonna blow this for us. I don't know, man. Maybe Bobby chimes in. I'm a big MSU guy. My MSU hiring Meyer, Uncle Rico, LO. No, they're not. They're not gonna hire Urban Meyer. I'm gonna tell you this. This will be a disaster amongst disasters if they hire Urban Meyer. Are you a big college football guy, Johnny? Oh. <laughs> definitely.
2: <laughs> college football is actually probably my better sport than NFL lately. Um, I mean, I'm firing. I'm 49 22, and uh, one here up to almost 23 and a half units basically this season alone in college football. So, yeah, I, Michigan State, I, I actually did take them against uh, Minnesota, just a small personal play. I didn't really post that one. It's kind of like one of those leans I was looking at through in the week.
0: Um, but, yeah, I, I, I definitely. They should have covered and, that game. I yeah, I yeah. Mean, it side kick was just boneheadish. Um, I don't know. Like Mel Tucker got fired for allegedly sexually harassing somebody. Now you're bringing in Mel um, Urban Meyer with his <laughs> right yeah. You know, he's
2: I, basically gonna bring that same
0: culture. <laughs> um, Matt chimes in. First thoughts on Will Levis? What do you think he he looks out with
2: Matt. Yeah. It's so tough in the NFL with new quarterbacks. Like as you just saw um, one look good the week before uh, for the bears. And then the next week it's like, you know, (laughs) it's kind of like they studied film on him more and stuff like that. And he's not even that great coming from a small college to begin with and stuff like that. So it's tough. You know, you have those outliers like Allen and and those kind of quarterbacks that come from these programs that you're not really thinking about that kind of come through. Um, you will Levis definitely looks solid. You know, you just need to see more sample size when it comes to these new quarterbacks. That's just how it goes. I mean, I'll never forget when I wanted to fade Robert Griffin III, his first game against the Saints back in, like, the day. <laughs> and he came out there firing, like, just torched him. So I mean, there's always going to be an outlier here and there, and some way it's going to look good, and then the next week they're just going to come back down to earth. But you just got to keep a keep tabs on them, maybe, and they might bounce back. And if they bounce back after they fall back to earth, then there
0: there's something to consider, maybe. Sports facts. What about Levis's girlfriend? She's dating the country the country singer. I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I know no nothing about country singers or who's dating who. We're going to get to the trade stuff real quick, but C Spear 22 chimes in thoughts on the sweat trade, losing a second and paying more for an extension. I'm lost. So the bears traded a second round pick for sweat from the commanders and he's not a contract. So that basically means what are you doing? Cause the bears, they're not going to win it. They're not going to be in the playoff convention. So you basically right. resign this guy. But what happens if you don't resign them? You just wasted a second round pick. And after the whole thing with trading with for Claypool, I don't know. This this move doesn't really make too much sense for me unless there's one of those under-the-table deals. What do you think? Yeah.
2: Whenever it doesn't make sense, like to me, when I, I can't like figure it out like at a surface value level with a trade or something like that, it's definitely some behind closed doors talk that like we're not in on, or there was some agreement or you know, something of that regard, it, it seems like if, if that is if it doesn't make sense, like to us, you know, we try to keep as privy to like the league as we can. You know, obviously we're not some of us aren't lucky enough to have insiders in the locker room. Right. Or, or whatever. Right. Or a beat writer that they can call on, you know, when they hear some news that they want to confirm or not. But, you know, I, I'm kind of with you there. It's probably something where it's under
0: the table. Uh, I hate the Lakers. 99 Clemson in. Bears are clueless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, they, they're they just
2: in that cell. I mean, yeah, there's the teams that are kind of selling you see in, in getting rid of players, uh, you know, and making those moves. And unfortunately, you know, the, you know, the Bears are just that organization right now, probably. And, you know, it, it's tough because they had such promise, right? Feels like, there's no there's nobody better than Fields really right there, right now, right? I mean that guy, he's not he's not better than Fields. No, so, much. you know, you're just already looking to to next year at this point. And we're the halfway point of the season. So yeah. Cool Kev chimes in. Tahoe, what up? Yep, how's it going? Yeah. I mean, everyone that I used to know on X, like, how's it going? I'll be back there as Tahoe better. I'm there currently as Johnny Sports41, but you can find me mainly right now on Instagram and uh Discord um and YouTube and Action Network as as well, you know, where I track all my picks and
0: everything. And yep, nice to see everyone. C Spirit twenty two, where does Washington go from now losing their top two edge wrestlers? I my personal thought, I'll share mine and then I'll let you go. I think Riverboat Ron is done. I think they're going to give the keys to the enemy. And I think they're just going to do a hard reset. And Anything that has any draft value, they're going to be trading off. I mean, we need to remember they didn't give Chase Young his fifth year option. So that was kind of hinting that they would be trading him. So that's kind of my things. I think the enemy is going to be taken over there
2: yeah that organization and that uh team is in a sell-off mode right now um yeah it's just you know sam howell at the helm it wasn't like they were really going to go anywhere maybe this season anyway so it kind of like that's kind of how the cookies and and everything are crumbling and falling for that organization and like you said it's it's ron's done you know he's had his time i get you could say in the league he's just one of those catch coaches That would be better off as just, you know, being a defensive coordinator. Just just one of those things like that. Just like a Romeo Cornell kind of thing like that. But, you know, he was better than Romeo. He lasted longer as a head coach. So, you know, kudos to him. I love him as a man. And, yeah, I hope he just rides off in the sunset happily. NFL, you know, family sends him on his way.
0: Um, I'm just going to read over the trades real quick after I read them over. If one move, like, sticks out to you. Uh, feel free to share. Uh, first one, Bills acquire Douglas from the Packers. Uh, DB, Lions got Donovan People Jones. 49ers added Chase Young. Jaguars added Cleveland, the offensive lineman. Vikings got Josh Dobbs. Bears, like we just talked about, got smart. And the Falcons got Kalia Stewart. Any of these moves kind of stick out to you? And if so, why? I mean, like, <clears throat> not really, because. You know, the Niners
2: getting Chase Young is kind of like just adding to like the front that they already have. You know, they're going to be great. Dobbs going to the Vikings kind of makes sense, obviously, with Cousins going down, um, you know, and – Jaguars, you know, they're, they're trying to build something there. They got an O-line, you know, try to get it O-line man to keep that running game. You know, when it comes to playoff time and the weather and everything it becomes important is the O-line and the running game and if they're healthy. Um, so that's a, you know, pick, good pickup for them. Uh, Lions getting people's Jones. Can't go wrong there. Was he kind of coming back home, right? Uh, yeah, we'll, well, to see. the Michigan area, right? You know, he's from U M or whatever. Um. Yeah, nothing really, you know, stood out, like, to, like, where it was, like, oh, like, a real contender got this, like, all-star. Because there really wasn't really some all-star kind of in the wings waiting at, like, a wide receiver for the Chiefs or something like that. There wasn't, like, some big name that, like, pickup happened, I guess you could say. So, nothing yeah.
0: surprised Like that Adams wasn't moved. There's was no, quote-unquote, CMC last year, no big, big name. Right. But, Let's hey, CMC money. is still like the biggest move, right? Yeah, biggest <laughs> move which happened last year. Uh let's make some money. 9969 chimes in. How can the 49ers afford all these players? Cool kind of adds <laughs> to the Niners is corruption. That
2: makes me that makes me think of back in the 90s when that old organization, uh I gotta forgot their names, right? They're, like, there like there's like ties to the mafia or whatever, yeah. supposedly, you know. Um I forgot the the, the family name De Bartolos, right? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, so <laughs> that's funny how they how can they afford all these players? Still, man, Niners. Uh, I mean, they've had a great defensive front. Now it seems like I mean, since I like two thousand fourteen or something. Like I'm a Niners fan, so you know, it's like that's how we made our bread and butter. Was our front seven was always great, you know?
0: And uh, yeah, still dabs, good. Dobbs the Vikings is desperation. Cool, Kev. The last one is sweat going to the Bears as a money grab. Basically, Balco. The name was Balco, he says. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that was the,
2: the organization that uh, drugged up the players or whatever. But,
0: yeah. Now, so, yeah, what's going uh, on now? Now let's shift our attention to the takeaways, those watching for the first time. We have two takeaways. Johnny is the guest. Johnny's going to lead us off. Johnny, kick me up, man. What is your first takeaway from week eight? Well, yep, it's halfway through the season. Everyone's going to overreact
2: to the Chiefs losing, maybe, or the Niners losing, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's always important to remain cognizant of not overreacting in the NFL still. And there's a lot of time left for a lot of teams with those three and four records and three and fives and and stuff like that, you know, the middle of the pack teams. And um, so that just try to be even keeled and not like thinking someone's out of it yet um kind of thing i just the main takeaway was hey the niners and the chiefs lost they were bound to lose i'm not going to think that they're not the staples of like the nfl in a sense of like the best teams um but i do see the ravens coming up i did like what i saw from the Bengals, and it's like as soon as everyone sold the bangles and kind of like the ravens aren't really on the radar anyone's radar they're kind of right there in the thick of it um, so yeah, that's kind of what I took away from the week, uh, and just looking forward to Jesus. It's already
0: halfway through the season. I know, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, Bobby chimes in, Bobby, dude, you're killing me with these CMU updates, man. Oh no,
2: CMU, dude, we, <laughs>
0: they're
2: we, were up 24 oh, to three at halftime. Right?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, is Burl back for real? Sea spirit 22. What do you think? Is Burl back for real? I would say so. I mean, I
2: don't, I'm not a doc. I'm not a professional doctor that knows and or can say with 110% confidence that I know he's 110% healthy, but from what my eyes have seen, I don't see anything more than someone that made it to far deep in the playoffs and is probably maybe going to go far again. Uh, And that, whatever the defensive coordinator that they have is going to be like a head coach maybe next year. Yeah. The Bengals.
0: Yeah. They're a sleeper. Guys insane. Uh, Cool. Kev chiefs Chiefs made the sports book, some money mailing it. (laughs) (laughs) I got the Broncos at plus eight, man. I mean, yeah,
2: no, it was the right. I know I've been getting criticized for taking the Broncos since like whatever they got blown out by the dolphins by 70 points. But it's just one of those things where, I'm probably up on the season now from taking the Broncos yeah. the last the last uh, couple games in a sense. And what's funny about that is everyone wants to like anoint a team because they knocked off another team, but like you know the Broncos are still probably the Broncos, and they might not get very far still. And I'm not really worried about what I saw like happening there, right?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a, the, the one thing you said earlier that I hope people picked up on it's a week-to-week league. You have to be able to kind of see what happened and kind of adjust, but also buy teams when they're at their low, sell teams when they're at their high.
2: Exactly. And that's uh, what we saw with the Bengals, like definitely in a way. It's just, he was playing through injury. So that's why he looked bad. That's why Burrow looked bad, really. But he's not a bad player. Like his cognitive and his athletic ability is definitely still, still there. Obviously, he's not a big scrambler, but
0: He's a great core. He's definitely, I say, like top five, easy. Um, let's make some money. Don't forget about your boy Javante Williams. Yeah, Javante is my boy. I love that guy. Um, my first takeaway: Browns are a dangerous team, and people better realize once Watson gets healthy. Let's just catch a beat here. This team lost Jack Conklin, best offensive lineman for the season. Nick Chubb, best offensive lineman done for the season and they're starting pj walker who's their third string quarterback who got beat out by tyler batchett here in chicago and they signed off the streets they beat the 49ers and were right there to beat seattle if it weren't for those three turnovers speaking of turnovers this team is due for this team sorry has some of the worst turnover luck in the league they are negative seven in turnover differential which is the second worst Not many teams would be sitting four and three with a third string quarterback starting best offensive lineman out best offensive playmaker out and have the second worst turnover differential. That speaks a lot about what they have there and also about the Skifanski coaching system. This team is second DVOA in total defense, but 28th in offense. They just need Watson to get back to what he looked like versus the Titans in week three and this positive turnover regression, which we all know, turnovers go like this. If you start out, you get a lot. Toward the end of the season, it's going to go the other way and vice versa. This is going to be the team that's a wild card team that makes that run. I don't think they're going to win the North, but I think this is the wild card team that could make a run. If you aren't sitting on any Browns futures, I suggest you look to kind of invest in them because this is going to be a team we're going to want to be invested in come January. That, that's definitely fair it's funny because i was like looking at the ravens right it's almost like
2: a there are two trains gonna run into each other eventually here
0: <laughs> uh, oh, well.
2: takeaway too my friend what are you working with um yeah just kind of like what teams will build off last week's wins that were contenders and you know what teams need to bounce back you know to be contenders still so kind of like two little Uh, Takeaways from there, I would say, you know, what teams need that are contenders that need to build, like the Bengals, they need to build off that last win to maintain uh, contender status or to be a contender more. And the Niners need to bounce back. And the Cowboys actually still obviously need to build off of their last win as well to still be kind of in that contenders maybe category in the NFC. So I kind of like. I definitely like the Cowboys this week. I know that's kind of a, ah, but that's going to be one of my bets.
0: Um, Bobby times and TD. God damn, Bobby TD. Oh no. Sports <laughs> I tweeted out. Yes. I tweeted out. I can't wait to lose my CMU money line bet because of the miss field goal from the 17 sports facts goes. You, you jinxed us with your miss field goal tweet. I probably did. Cool. Tev chimes in Raiders need to win two more at home to stay in contention. Raiders are an interesting thing. Um, Josh Jacobs, in my eyes, hasn't looked good. Um, he kind of looks slow. He's not really. Yeah, uh, like he um, yeah
2: but, something's but, going on there. Something yeah. is going on there. It that's the O line can't protect, and Jimmy Garoppolo's happy feet will always just do him wrong. Um, it's a bad combination. What I saw, like in a way of, I don't know if that offense could be anything. Like, unless Jacobs is 100% and he's methodically in his groove and, and running the ball, and they have options. I mean, all you all you have to do is take care of Devontae Adams and, like, where are they going to go? So, I mean, I don't really
0: see the Raiders it. as how ending up anything. Anyway. How would you feel if you got traded there to be with Carr doesn't even make it through your first season? He's gone. You know what I mean? I would be livid if that was me, if I was him. um. My second takeaway, and Johnny, my thing is finding big futures and investing in them. I love CJ Stroud. He was my highest graded quarterback in the draft, and I'm invested in him for rookie of the year. But I think the book is out, of him, out on him. Let's look at his first four weeks. T- team was two and two. He was 94 for 151, which is a 62 per, 62.2. Completion percentage averaged 303 yards per game with a QB ranking of 100.65. Okay, those are the first four. And he had, excuse me, he had three games where he went for over 300 yards. The next three weeks, the Texans are one and two. He's 49 for 86, which is a 56.9 completion percentage. He's averaging 196 yards per per game throwing and having two games where he didn't throw for over 200 yards with a QB ranking of 84.84. With that being said, I think there's going to be some value in the futures market because he's at minus 175 and it kind of seems like people have the book out for him. Now let's look at these next people. We got Puka at plus 300. Stafford's hurt. Don't even know if he's playing. So, if he's not playing, Cooper Cup is back. That means he's not going to get the production. Next, we have Jameer Gibbs, 13 to one, but he's always going to be a split backfield. He's going to have like a two week, three week stretch. But when Monty comes back, that's going to be a split backfield. Bijan Robinson's right after that, 13 to one also, but he's only getting 13 rushing attempts a game. Right after that, you have Jordan Addison who is either going to have the rookie call from BYU or Dobbs throwing him the ball. I don't trust that. And Justin Jefferson may be coming back. After that, you have Aachen, the running back from Miami. He's on the IR. He still has two more weeks when he's out. Then you have the player that I'm looking at, 28-1, to and you mentioned the team he plays for. We're going up to Baltimore. We are looking at Zay Flowers at 28-1. to He leads the Ravens with a 27% target share, 44 receptions, and 461 yards. If the Ravens make a push and have one of the top seeds, and Flowers continues at this rate, and we see these other players trying to decrease, I think there's value on him at 28 to 1. And I think you should put a quarter unit on him to win offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> just made just made note. <laughs> I mean, I like I'm just saying, dude. I just think because the way people have to look at it is this like and I, this is when I made my Hutchinson spiel a couple of weeks ago. If the Lions finish with the one or two seed. Somebody on that team is going to win MVP coach of the year, or defensive player of the year. I don't think it's going to be golf. It may be Campbell, but Hutchinson at 20 to one when we gave it out was too good to pass up. So we put a quarter unit on that. And it's the same thought process here. Obviously, you know, you have Lamar, who may win MVP or Offensive Player of the Year. But if you have Zay Flowers, who's the leading receiver, and all these other guys trickle off, Houston falls off a cliff, the Rams tank, there's going to be value right there at Zay Flowers. So I think he's worth a flyer, man. You know, high risk, low reward. That's how I'm looking at him, man.
2: No, definitely some value there. I appreciate the look, for sure. I just made note.
0: Uh, now we have switched over to my favorite part of the show, the betting thing. Um, real quick, cool cub, kind of the O line stinks. Jimmy G is kidding. yeah, uh, yeah, to yeah. Out. yeah. The O line is bad. The O line is bad and needs to do a better. Yeah, it's up. yeah. It,
2: you can tell. I mean, he goes his. It's his first read and then a sprint out, like right, like get out of the pocket. Like there's nothing there, and I can't stay in here. <laughs> That's just how it's been
0: happening for him. Now we have reached the part of the show where we're going to be talking betting. Johnny, you're the guest, my man. I'm going to let you kick us off. What is your first bet, my friend? Um. <laughs> Well, I'm not really a favorite
2: better. I, <laughs> I learned a long time ago that I like to have two ways to win uh, one bet, but I do like the Falcons this week. Um, it's four and it's five now. I know that there is the factor of a team coming to rise when the quarterback is out, but I think that's too much for the Vikings to overcome when they already are missing Jefferson still. Um, it's the Falcons in this spot. The line says it all to me. Uh obviously the Vikings are coming off all these wins and look like the better team. But of course they did lose a quarterback. So that's kind of inflected in the line, but I I see complete motivation for the Falcons this week. So that's what um,
0: oh Jesus. NIU ball and driving. Bobby, dude, you just you just fill a good news, <laughs> my friend. Um <laughs> I hate the later Lakers. Who's starting for Atlanta? I think they haven't really named one yet. I think, yeah. I
2: think <laughs> I'm not even right. worried about it, man. We got Koo that that uh kicker. Man, he's going to win us the game. Just like that uh time I took Atlanta a couple weeks ago, they were like minus 1 and they, like ended up pushing. <laughs> All you need is Koo. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> man.
0: My first bet. And like God damn it. Like you and I are a lot of same a lot the same. I Hardly lay points. I always take points. I love taking dogs. Hence, taking my CMU Chippewas today. My, But I, I have to do this one because I think the line's off. I am going overseas. I'm going to the early morning game over in Germany. Give me the Chiefs, minus two. Dolphins offense struggles when they're facing a top 10 defense. And when they face a defense that brings pressure, they also struggle. And they're going to be without... Armstead and Wynn who are both on the IR, which is the whole starting side of the left. So that means you have backups on the left side and Robert Hunt, who's their right guard. He's hurt. He may not be playing. So you're playing against a team of the chiefs who are fifth DVOA in defense and have the third most sacks in the season. And you're going to be potentially without three starting offensive linemen. That's a big red flag for me Tua struggles when facing pressure and if the Dolphins can't establish the run, the big thing I feel that the Dolphins' success has been this year is they're running the ball 4. Point, it was like 4.32 times more times a game, which is taking pressure off Tua, which is allowing him to step back and do some stuff. When you have explosive players like H, and that is easy to do. I think the Chiefs will be able to create pressure. I think they're going to be able to stop the Finns' passing attack. Now these numbers are going to blow you blow your mind, my friend. Mahomes as a favorite when laying three points or less. So that's where this would be an insane 70% against the number. (laughs) Mahomes, the thing about Mahomes that I've learned is as a big favorite, we fade him. Three or less, we take him.
2: It's funny. Someone uh, mentioned he, he fixed it. Remember that Jets game a couple of weeks ago, yeah. he ran out of the sideline. He
0: <laughs> he didn't cover it. And like, that's the thing. He, he wins the games, but he doesn't cover it. And then I started looking at these European games. Favorites are 59.5% ATS. Now who plays the most games over there? The Jags, because they can create more money because let's face it, they're going to be a European team probably in four years. If you take the Jags out of the equation, they are 65.4% favorites. So just by eliminating the Jacksonville Jaguars, I know Mahomes struggled, but he was sick. No one that's experienced daycare flu, I feel for you, dude, you've lived a good life because daycare flu is the worst type of flu in the world from a kid. And he was playing a divisional dog. He was a play a divisional game the second, the divisional team the second time around. I think the Chiefs bounce back. Also, I saw this thing. was it? I think it's like after a loss when the Chiefs failed to score 20 points, Mahomes is like 15 and three against the number. Just an insane thing. Um, but the big question is this, and C. Spear Twenty Two just time- chimed in. Will Taylor
2: <laughs> Swift,
0: Will Taylor Swift be there? You know what? You know what, Spear? I I don't know C. Spear Twenty Two. I I don't I don't know if <laughs> don't know he's thing, but it was kind of funny. It was trending on social media that this was just a PR relationship.
2: Yeah, I heard the same thing, and I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. Uh, but it's just kind of like the NFL has been an entertainment league-esque. Uh, just that ref incident where they moved the ball last, back last week too was you know trending everywhere. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have a feeling on that. I, I want to take advantage of people's perceptions of things like that. I know everything is already baked into the line, right? Everyone thinks they want to be smarter than the line sometimes. But uh, this line, I think you're you're right on and taking advantage of. Uh, it's one of those things where it's two because it's really a neutral field, too, I think. And the Dolphins have a great perception of being a really good team. So, huh, yeah, I'm with you here on the Chiefs.
0: I-N-T-C-M-U, that's going to do it dude. CMU is going to cover that money line and cover the spread and the money line which is important
2: which is important. Just nice. <laughs> just
0: build the bankroll for Sunday, right? Which which is important to be. Uh next game my friend you are going to fit this game's in Philly, right? Yes, it is. Um yeah, just a, a team that
2: everyone is pretty much still selling, but is gonna be right there giving it 110%. I feel like, you know, if, if Dallas finds the D line to come back, now did they face a lot of dregs like you know, like maybe the D line isn't as good as it, it really is because of who they faced and when they looked good, but I, this is kind of just a buy-on team still that's gonna be giving it their all that's gonna make a playoff push still. Um, you know, I like just taking a team off of a home win like that too, in a way they're all going to be, uh, they're going to be up for this game because it's kind of like, they know that everyone knows <laughs> that they should lose this game. So that that's when, that's another thing with me and how I perceive motivation levels within teams is if a team thinks that they're the favorite and they know that they're the favorite, that's a letdown already. No matter if they think it's not, no matter no matter what, that I think is a letdown all alone. But if a team knows that they're the underdog and everyone thinks and knows that they're an underdog, they're going to come and bring it their all for the most part, usually, especially in the
0: NFL. Um, jeez, I'll just put. I'm not going to read this comment. I'll just put this up here real quick. <laughs> um, next, uh, Hertz doesn't look right to me. Hurts, he's he's running like an old man. I really think there's something wrong with that knee. He's not looking to run the ball that much. We saw the tush push fail against the commanders. And it just basically seems like the offense is just throw the ball up to AJ Brown. To yeah, me, I mean it's it's
2: yeah, right it's, it's a good it's a good team, like that's kind of like in that mode of like they could be treading water now, just trying to like, you know keep along and, and maintain and, and get health. That's another thing that everyone always forgets about and they never think about. Right. Every, t- a lot of teams are one injury away from just getting knocked out of like a, you know, a run of being a contender. So, you know, like if the chiefs lost Kelsey, you know, if, you know, like the Philly lost hurts um, you know, just things could flip flop so fast in the NFL like that, especially when we're halfway here still.
0: Uh, sports facts ask top four teams in NFC. What do you guys got? All right. So let's do this. Uh, we'll just go one, two, three, four. So who who do you think the best team is in the NFC? The Niners. <laughs> See, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Philly. I'm going to go Philly one. Yeah, no, I can do no gonna, argument there. I'm going to go Philly one. I got to write my pen. because I'm a visual learner. I am sorry, my friend. I'm going to go Philly one. Who do you guys to? I'll go Philly, too. I mean, that was basically
2: was either or.
0: Okay. Who do you got three?
2: Oh, man. (laughs) Dare I say the Lions?
0: (laughs) I mean, I think the Lions could beat the Cowboys. So, yeah. I think they're about even. I think, to me, that's the biggest. Goff or Prescott, who's going to show up? And I right my is this is I think the Lions completely effed up the draft. If they would have drafted Jalen Carter, and could you imagine a defensive line with Jalen Carter? But he had that and Hutchinson. But they had that. Yeah. Of stuff. Now, and that I, would look they would look
1: like
2: they would look like how the Chargers looked last uh, on Sunday night when just yeah. meet me at the
0: quarterback. <laughs> it it was just yeah. What what could have been? Uh my next bet is I'm going to Thursday night. I am taking the Steelers here. Minus two and a half. If it's still at three, I definitely like that. I know everyone watches these is going to say, Eric, what about Vrabel as a dog? Yes, I know he's 58.3% as a road dog. And we've made a ton of money on the show backing him as a dog. Hell, we made money last week backing him as the dog. But this is the same situation as we saw in week three when they lost the Browns and were small dogs. The key number with Vrabel is three and a half. When he's getting three and a half or more as a dog, 62.5% ATS. Phenomenal number. But when the number is three, he's only at 50%. And this is the key thing. When he's getting two and a half or less, he has never covered a game. Vrabel, when getting two and a half or less on the road. Flip side, my boy Mike Tomlin coming off a loss is 60% against the number. We talked about Will Levis before. Yes, he did look good, better than I thought he would. But that was against the Atlanta Falcons. We need to remember that game was at home, and the Falcons' defense has been struggling this season. They're 25th DVOA and 28th DVOA defending the pass. Levis is going on the road to face the Steelers' defense on a short week. Steelers' defense is 7th DVOA and 8th DVOA defending the pass. But the major, which is going to be a major step up for Levis, there's also tape on Levis, so we can. they're going to be able to see what he can do. And the big news is, my boy Cam Hayward is coming back. This Steelers defense is a top-run defense in the league with Cam Hayward's there. Look, I know Pickett said he was going to be starting. I honestly, I don't care. To me, there's no difference between Kenny Smallhands Pickett and Mitch the Truth Trubisky. I really have no idea who... I don't care, is at the quarterback. I think the defense of the Steelers is just going to be way too much for Levis, especially in a short week. I'm going to take the small home favorite here. Another chalk. I hate it, but I'm going to do it. Give me the Fighting Mike Tomlins. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're <laughs> minus two and a half.
2: I'm definitely with you on that one for sure, too. Uh, I had that written down uh, on my lanes list. Uh, as well, you know, it's another team that's going to be in a spot where they're going to be completely motivated to show up and they're at home. So I love taking teams like that, especially under the three right there. Um, I'm sure there's going to be people buying on the other side anyway. And uh, I, I don't like that side. I, I think the Steelers is the right side.
0: Uh, cool. Cav chimes in. Purdy is struggling. Spirit chimes in. C Spirit 22. Tom Lynn. Yes, that's my boy. Uh, Pickett needs to feed Pickens. It's kind of funny. Like, I've noticed also, I think the Steelers' offense is a lot better with Deontay Johnson. De- Deontay works the middle a lot more. Pickens to me isn't the route runner Deontay is. Deontay can run pretty much every route in the route tree. Pickens is basically just throw the ball up and go make a phenomenal play. Uh, cool, Kev. Mitch. Moss Balls, Kabirsk. Dude, don't, don't make fun of the truth. <laughs> yeah, bro. they lost don't, that when don't, he don't came make fun, in. Don't make fun of my boy the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. Johnny, third bet. Where are we going, my friend? The third
2: bet. Um, yep. Got to go back Sunday night here with the Bills. Another team that if they want to still maintain any type of contender status, they're going to have to show up here. And it's a good spot. Uh, to fade the Bengals off that Niners win, I think, and off kind of about the last couple games that the Bengals have been playing. Like I said, they've been, they're doing good. They need to do good if they want to still maintain uh, a contender in my uh, contender role in my eye. But I see this is a spot where you're going to fade the home team here. You're going to take a team that is in a complete, like, the perception of the Bills is like they're garbage now, they're not good. Um, I just see them showing up here and kind of flipping the script to that, get that trade. Uh, hopefully he's gelled in. We'll see. Um, that's just kind of where my eye is at with the line there, though, and how I see that game. I just see, um, I see the Bills as, as being one of those teams that everyone's writing off, but are still going to be right there.
0: Yeah, um, I'll probably be on the Bills. I mean, I think this line could even move a little bit more. There's a lot of Bengals love, and we've kind of seen it every single week that a team is the talk of the NFL, kind of going back to the point you brought up earlier in the show. You fade them the next week. Right now, everyone's talking about, is Burrow back? Can the the Bengals make a run? This is the time to fade them. And this line has moved four. This line has moved four points. Bills opened up as a one-point favorite. Now they're getting three. This is some reverse line movement. I'm definitely going to be on the Bills as well. My last and final bet. Seems like we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens a lot today. But I'm going to be fading them this Sunday. I'm going to be taking the Seattle Seahawks here plus six. One of the best moves that has gone under the radar that no one is talking about early in the week. Monday, no one's talking about. Leonard Williams. Of the Giants, defensive lineman was traded to Seattle. That's a type of move that could take a team up the level. I'm not seeing Seattle could win it all, but I definitely feel now Seattle could get into the playoffs and win a playoff game. Now, we've talked about this with Mahomes. Now let's talk about with Jackson. Jackson doesn't cover these big numbers. As a favorite of three or more, he's 41.5% ATS. When he's a home favorite of three or more, he's 38.7% ATS. Flip side, let's look at Pete Carroll. Carroll as a dog is 67%. As a dog getting three points or more, he is a robust 78% against the number. My issue with the Ravens is I don't trust Jackson to make the throws to the outside of the field. Hence... sorry, I don't trust him to to the outside of the field. He's gone over 300 yards once this season. That was against the Lions when they were missing two other top slot corners. So Jackson was able to attack the middle of the field, take advantage of there. There is a reason why targets Zay Flowers, who are betting for rookie of the year so much. Flowers works the slot. He's in the middle of the field. I think the Seattle also is going to be able to run on this Ravens defense. You can run on this front four. Seattle's offensive line is playing better. I think it's going to be a heavy game of Zach Cabernet and Kenneth Walker. Uh, Cool. Kev chimes in. I'll let you answer this. Do you trust Geno Smith versus the Ravens defense? Yeah, I mean, like you said, that's a big number
2: for uh, Mr. Jackson to cover, and he's not really good in these spots. I think Gino is in a position of where he's good with the ball control and not turning it over consistently. I think that's why he really did get paid is because he actually doesn't really turn the ball over. So yeah, I do trust I think, him and uh, yeah, I, think, I would probably be with you on this
0: number. I think he's going to run the ball, lean on that run game a lot. Uh, C Spear 22 chimes in. Would you still take, I would still take the five and a half. I mean, I would wait though. Just because it wouldn't surprise me if it dipped back up to six. It's kind of in that dead zone right now. Um, I would want to wait to see if I could get a six later on, I think. I mean, let me pull up bet stamp real quick again. Yeah, that's a,
2: one of the the three bets that I've already taken. Those At worst, those lines, in my opinion, are going to maybe go to three and a half. And if they do, they'll get bought back to the three immediately. So that's why... Uh, as early as we are here in the week, I am super confident giving out Bills plus three, um mm. uh, Cowboys plus three, because I don't see that even going to four. I see it maybe getting to three and a half at worst. If it touches the four, not a big deal, but that's where uh, I'm at in the confidence level on that, too. I did like the Giants plus three and a half as well. I wrote down the other night, and it's already down to two and a half, I see. Uh Against damn, who's the play, Giants playing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wrote it down. Right damn, but they're
0: uh, the Giants. Giants are ooh, they're playing. Cool, caps boy. The Raiders, man. They're yeah, Raiders. that's
2: why. I, that's now I know why I wrote it down. And that line getting eaten down under three is kind of like, oh no, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm, everyone else has got the same idea, right? But that was kind of one of those ones that caught
0: my eye at first because the Giants definitely right. are in a need to win spot yep. still too so um i'm looking at it right now DraftKings, if you're in a legal state has it six if you're like me and likes to play a little offshore bookmaker has the six as well for seattle uh we talked about line movement looking at Betstamp stamp right now just kind of looking the numbers um it wouldn't surprise me if this gets to two and a half with the Bills. If the Bills Yeah, no,
2: it it very well could. That's what, yeah, most confident
0: picks are the Bills, Cowboys. Would you play um, two and a half? And the
2: and the Falcons because the Falcons at worst to me was going to go to five and a half or even touch six. And then it would come back the other way. But in terms of bets that I'm confident in that I've taken and I'm giving out right now on this early of a day, it's definitely those Bills, Cowboys um and the falcons where i know the lines aren't
0: going to be in disarray come sunday um would you play the bills though at plus two and a half or is three your cutoff um
2: yeah i i don't i'm not sure because i already have the three on that and i guess in a way it's like a long-term thing where if you're going to take any spread under five you might as well take the money line too (laughs) a lot of the times yeah so there is that factor but right now just staying on the three is kind of like where my head's at with that. And it's so early in the week. I wouldn't, I so, wouldn't even. So I touch shop, it
0: under. Like, cause I'm looking at it right now. Hypothetically, like most of the legal shops have it at two and a half. So if you're watching this right now and the three is out here, would you suggest they just wait to see if they can get a three like in a, later in the week? Yeah. Okay. I would right. just, I would take it still. Cool Kev chimes in. He's going to parlay the Falcons, Bills, Seahawks, and Raiders. A nice little four-teamer parlay. Best of luck on that, my friend. Johnny, dude, been a blast, dude. Almost an hour talking shop with you. I've enjoyed every single minute of it. We're going to have to talk after this is over off the air. Find out the next time when you can come on and everything. Why don't you give everyone your plugs again? Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Thank you so much as well. It was a pleasure. Um, like
2: you said earlier, you can find me on uh, YouTube, Instagram, Action Network at Tahoe Better, one word all under KSR, right there, as you can see on the screen. And I will be back to access Tahoe Better. I am there now, right now, as Johnny Sports 41, but I had an incident and we got my other old account suspended for some reason, but I will be back there eventually. But you can mainly find me on Instagram and discord right now but yeah great stuff thank you so much
0: bobby thanks for chiming in thanks for keeping us up with cmu that's cool kev appreciate it. good show gentlemen appreciate you guys tuning in c Spear 22 let's make some money sports facts the whole nine yards appreciate you got all you guys make sure to give my boy johnny a follow at Top hold better and we'll be back next week let's cash some tickets let's make some money until next week boys and girls